0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm the Grumpy Surfer and your host Lyson. Before we get on today I have a couple of codes for you or discount codes for you as per usual. So for 15% off your Northcore outdoor and surfing gear use the code GRUMPYPOD15 to get 15% off your purchase at the checkout. Please use Northcore gear, I've got their leashes, I've got one of their bags, a couple of their robes, and it's super robust gear. It's amazing. It hasn't let me down now in over a year so please get amongst it. And likewise the guys at Brawsurf Surf have also given the podcast listeners a 20% discount of their merchandise. So if you go to the checkout at brawlsurf.co.uk and use the code capital letters again Grumpy Surfer, and it'll also give you a discount at the checkout of 20%. Also go to their YouTube channel as well, Brawl Surf, and there's some amazing content there, especially from the British Championships and national, British Nationals that was held there earlier on this year. Okay, today's podcast then. My guest is living the life of Riley and living the dream which we all, travelling surfers, we would dream of. Living the van life. He's been traveling across Europe over the last couple of years and now he's into Eastern Europe in Georgia. He's also an entrepreneur and owns a coffee company called the Green Berry Coffee Company and has also just started a podcast about vegans, which is pretty interesting. If you go and give it a go, it'll all be in the podcast notes within your podcast provider that I'll put in there at the end of the show. To add to these accolades, he's also a Royal Marines Commando veteran, and he used to run on the close protection circuit in Iraq and Afghanistan. So please enjoy my conversation with Russ McDonough. Russ McDonough, welcome to the podcast
1: dude what an absolute pleasure it's an honor to be asked to be to be on it to be honest i've, uh, I've been waiting for ages and i was like when's this guy ever gonna ask me And the uh, you obviously got desperate and in the end you asked me so i appreciate it dude
0: yeah everybody else fell out so that's why i asked for you oh,
1: there you go there you go i get it <laughs> it's not the first time
0: so it, it's russ but it's also aka the nomadic veteran aka greenberry coffee aka a podcast called those vegan veterans podcast as well so mate you've got fingers in pies everywhere and i'd say quite an established entrepreneur
1: uh yeah thanks dude uh wow i i i don't think anyone's ever called me an established entre- entrepreneur before uh so you're the first for that uh yeah dude you know i'm just trying to um these are things which i'm really kind of passionate about and and when you're passionate about these things i think it's easier to throw yourself into but it's like we said like i said to you before the podcast st- started that that the podcast i've just started is, is really new so the fact you know about that i'm I'm turbo impressed with so so uh, yeah good effort
0: <laughs> well like i said i do lots of research and uh you know even into the weeds of asking people about you and uh you know what are some stories oh God. about you <laughs> well, but,
1: let's not air those ones shall we but yeah okay cool
0: <laughs> yeah that, that that's probably the, <laughs> the best i think
1: yeah, yeah, yeah
0: okay so start off with uh three questions then so Well, I've already nailed one, how are you? Where are you and what have you done today?
1: Okay, so I am currently in uh, Georgia, the country, not the state, uh, over in the Eastern part of Europe uh, in a place called Tbilisi, so it's the capital city. And what have I done today? I have done very, very little. So basically, um, even though we are in a Airbnb at the moment, so normally we do live the hashtag van life. uh, We have sort of stopped in Tbilisi for a little bit of time to get an airbnb concentrate on our work projects and that because it's a lot easier to do when you're in like a a bricks and mortar building and that um but the water's been off all day uh so we've just kind of stayed at home done a little bit of work nothing crazy exciting which you know is if you watch youtube you probably think van lifers are always doing crazy shit uh today we've just literally done a bit of work and i've been waiting to talk to your good self obviously
0: well, you know, I I feel very humbled to know that you know you've just spent your morning waiting for me,
1: counting <laughs> down the hours, mate. I was like, oh my god, it was like Christmas, so, Christmas Eve.
0: So I, I was I was going to cover the uh, the nomadic veteran and the the van life uh, YouTube stuff that you've got uh, going on at the moment a little bit later, but I think it's quite pertinent since since like you're talking about it and you're in Georgia. So how did all of the van life? Uh, and the youtube channel come about like where did the idea come from
1: uh all right yeah so uh, we'll, we'll rewind a few years uh so and i'll keep this short and sweet as, as best i can so basically when i left the core back in a way i did what most bootnecks did and I, I went straight onto the circuit and I, I worked the circuit for for close to 10 years in those 10 years as with most guys i tried to leave that industry and it ended up getting sucked back in and for all the sort of like money we were earning and we were on some good, good wages at the time, I was never getting to see my missus. I was like, man, I get to see you for like three, maybe sometimes even two months of the year. This is this is not a way to live our life. Uh, I miss my dogs. I wasn't really seeing the house, which I was paying for every every month and that. And uh, I managed to get a, a Gucci little role on a, on a, a commercial CP working for a, an ultra high net worth client banter between Monaco, Saint-Tropez, London, all that good stuff. And I was I was I was threaders to be honest. I hated the job. Uh, it wasn't what I thought commercial CP was. I was I was threaders, and uh, my missus sent me a link one day, and she went, "How about this?" And it was a it was a link to a YouTube video. Or I think it was a YouTube video. It might have been an article. Basically, a girl called Pam the van, and she sold up and she she moved into like a tiny little van and she started travelling. And as soon as I, I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is gold. This this could be something." And ever since then we started thought, we we basically thought there's more to life than just working. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm not dissing work because now we still work and we work hard, but we wanted to live life more on our terms than me spending nine months of the, of the year away. And then what coincided with, with that was I was back on a leave and uh, we, we watched a documentary called Minimalism on Netflix. And it's basically these two guys and they talk about their journey of how, they went through the corporate structure of trying to gain promotion, earn a, a higher wage, and then and they weren't happy. They were really threaders with the way their life was turning out, and they found minimalism by getting rid of all this unnecessary crap. The whole thing, which goes with uh, materialism of always constantly chasing more, chasing the newest phone, chasing the newest car, bigger house, etc. And I watched that, and it, and it blew my mind. And I was like. I think these guys have nailed it and and from there we we decided that we would sell most of our possessions um which ended up us selling our house uh like i said 95 percent of our possessions we moved into a van and we and we started traveling europe uh august 2019 and um and it's 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 been a hell of an adventure so far to be honest like full-time van dwelling hashtag van life and the one thing i wanted to do was was I thought you know what I'll give this YouTube malarkey a bit of a bit of a bash as well. It seems like any any Tom Dick and Harry can do it. Uh, turns out it's quite hard. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and and we have a lot of fun on the YouTube. I, and I'm not, I don't go. I'm not as much uh, in depth as a lot of YouTubers will be with their van life. A lot of people tend to show every nook and cranny of their life. Uh, I do show quite a lot, but there's there is a lot of aspects which we keep private. And it's more so if we can help people on their van life journey uh recently we've been crossing international borders during a pandemic and people are like how are you doing this so you know we'll put videos up there this is how it is this is how you do it this is how to make your van life journey easier as in like where to find water where to to get rid of your your black waste and you know what I'm, and it seems that people seem to enjoy watching us and and they get good quality sort of information from it so yeah i'm a youtuber as well now geez
0: influencer and youtuber
1: let's let's be easy with the influencer but uh yeah just 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 some middle-aged guy trying to trying to crack it yeah
0: well mate (laughs) you you seem to be doing quite well with it because you what you've got four and a half thousand subscribers to your channel and obviously you know people bounce in and out of those sort of things much as they do with podcasts as well and and you know i think this day and age especially with like the stay vacations the the nomadic life is almost kind of like it's a dream for people but when i when i say like dream people have always got sort of like these these things that they want to do but i think sometimes like you've done is that people get like captured in a bubble Uh. where they feel like they can't escape from it and they've got to do this or they've got to do that and they've got responsibilities where you know look if, if i'm perfectly honest without sounding super harsh if i had to i could sell my house i could just literally disappear into the ether uh, take my family with me and and you'd never see me again i'd uh, be happy with that but i think some people feel like a little bit trapped with that too so you having the courage to do that with your missus okay without sounding a little bit like uh negative you know, you you haven't got kids. You got a couple. Well, dogs are kids, aren't they? Really? Let's let's be honest. There, there are
1: fur babies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, ha- having that sort of like courage to do that it, it is quite a, a, an admirable quality, I think.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think, uh, I think it, it all comes down to. Yeah, I, I think you're right obviously everyone's in different financial positions. Everyone's in, uh, they've got different, you know, financial responsibilities, whether it be kids where they've got mortgages, you know, everyone's different. Um, ultimately it just comes down to whether you are, in, in my opinion, how bad do you want it? Are you will, willing to sacrifice what you've got? So we were very fortunate. We, we had a really lovely home. I know everyone said they've got a lovely home. We thought we had a lovely home and it was, it was very hard to sell it. You know, it, 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 it and that was one of the sacrifices we we knew we had to make if we wanted to pursue this life. So, you know, people would come around when we view in the house, go, oh, You've got such a great home. Why are you why are you selling this? Yeah, we've got a good life, but we wanted a great life. And it was, it was, you know, and I, I did a I did a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago about why van life won't make you happy. And it's true, it's it's about it with this lifestyle, and as great as it is, there comes a lot of things you sacrifice, like a physical community. Like, you know, I we don't see our friends and family and that's through our choice because we wanna travel. Also a case of, we can't go to clubs like, you know, jujitsu, uh, we don't form relationships, in it, like in-depth relationships with people because we're never in one place for a long enough time. Um, so that's a sacrifice. Um, I know some people are really close to their mums and dads and they, they need to see them every day. Well, van life isn't gonna be for you then, you know, because you, you're not gonna see your mum and dad. Um, so there's, as with every lifestyle, mate, there's, there's, there's pros and cons and, and and this one, you know, it suits us for now, to be honest. Do
0: you feel being able to travel through Europe and, you know, through Turkey and all the other places that you've traveled through to get to where you are now, having the background of experience of being in the military and going away and doing the CP stuff and <coughs> and um, uh, having sort of like that confidence behind you that if something did hit the fan, you'd be able to deal with it in a different way whereas like just joe blogs you know mr smith who decides to lift up with his missus to go somewhere they could be they'd probably feel a little bit apprehensive about it too
1: yeah i think i think being in the military it 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 leads so well into whatever you choose to do after you leave the leave the military you've you've got a a certain set of skills, you know, and, and one of them is nine times out of 10, you, you've been in some really shit situations. And when you're pursuing something after that in, in civil life, you can nine times out of 10, just kind of go, this isn't that bad. You know, our brains are wired to make it like shit. This is really bad. And it's, it's what, well, if you can take it, that condor moment and be like, hang on, take a step back. It, it's not that bad. Take a deep breath and, and you figure it out. So, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, traveling through Turkey, I, I had my misconceptions about Turkey as well. I'd never been to Turkey, apart from the airport when transiting through. Uh, I I was worried. I'm not worried. I was, I was apprehensive, should I say, about living van life in Turkey. And again, travel has just opened my eyes up. The Turkish people, I've not, I've not met a more friendly nationality than the Turks. Absolutely unbelievable. And the country itself, again, Wow, well, you know, I, I, people on YouTube are like, "Right, you got you got to shut up about Turkey, man. You're on about it all the time." But it is literally a fantastic country. It's got almost everything apart from surfing. But it's got, you know, mountains. It's got, you know, Cappadocia. It's got great beaches. It's got it's got everything you want. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, which a uh, long winded answer, uh, I think so, mate. I think, and luckily, you know, my missus keeps a cool head as well. So. Two of us together it, it it's
0: worked out all right for us so far to be honest yeah i i wrote i, I spun a little story on that on the previous podcast when when i got married we um we got married in in sri lanka and at mm. the time the tamil tigers were quite were quite rife and uh we landed in the airport and literally the day we landed the tamil tigers had um basically drove a vehicle born ied into the airport which is basically where the where the army base is so when when we landed um there was army soldiers everywhere mm. and i was like well my whole family were coming down my mum, my dad uh. my sister her mum and dad and family all getting taxi driven down to the hotel that we were in anyway at, at the end when we, so we went we were going to do our honeymoon in the Maldives because it's in the Maldives because it's literally just like an hour's an hour's flight literally in, uh-huh. you know in the indian ocean and uh on the way back, they'd done something different but um done something else to the airport but um at night time when we drove in a taxi it was all well obviously it's all different isn't it uh-huh. and all the blockades were up, all the big concrete bollards block- were everywhere and uh i I hadn't done any research into the tamil tigers or soldiers uniforms or anything like that like you know you'd have imp briefs and stuff in the military Mm. wouldn't you so as we were driving along i just felt like goosebumps going up the back of my neck and i was like you know when you see those uh those uh combat combat indicators i was just Mm -hmm. like i said to the missus look if anything happens i've unlocked the doors hold my hand and we're gone just keep going and i'm getting goosebumps now talking about it like and uh yeah but that was obviously on the tail end of some an incident actually happening so you know the the stuff going on in in turkey you know is on the eastern border isn't it so unless you're like driving in towards it you're probably not going to experience any of that anyway so your misconceptions would be different
1: yeah absolutely dude so you know when when we travel because obviously you know we we are in georgia so we, we had to travel through that that part of part of turkey as you as you drive that way the military presence presence is a lot more ramped up there's, there's there's a lot more military checkpoints you go through uh one thing which which i found out very quickly was every whenever they stopped us they were like where are you from and i kept saying uk and i think they were saying ukraine and they were kind of like <laughs> "Ooh!" and then obviously I, I picked up on it pretty quick and i was like oh no no england i'm from england um and then you know i've got we have met other van lifers who you know in turkey and they they literally crossed down into kurdistan uh i was like ah, is that the smartest thing to be doing like kind of going down there you know you've got the risk reward factor there like yeah it'd be cool as shit but you know a, a single uh, a, you know a young guy could be uh, you know mistrewed as something else i was like yeah that's not for me but yeah we we didn't see anything mate and and again, I, I can't say enough good things about Turkey, to be honest. But the one thing I will say as well is you're absolutely right with, with the whole combat indicators. You just get that funny feeling that something's done. My Mrs. Gibbo, I'm always, you know, she always keeps saying, you, you're trying to teach me things on the slide about what to do. You know, the one thing I've drilled into my Mrs. is movement is life. If something happens, just keep moving. I don't want you to ever stop, you know, uh, and, and I'm always dropping little things, not because I'm like trying to be like this superhero guy. I'm just like, look, if something happens, I'm not there. I need you to do this and uh she's picking up quite well so you know i've heard the cause letting chicks in now so you know i might see if she wants to join
0: the core or something yeah none of them are past yet though
1: oh well there you go my missus might be the first one but you know uh i've you know I, I it was only recently i found out that they were actually joining so it's all it's all news to me dude
0: well you need to get her up on the top of the highest feature and start cracking some resections <laughs> with her and stuff yeah. like that
1: fair one fair one uh, if, if, if she's, if she's learning map reading off me, dude, God, God help her.
0: Well, you got an iPhone now anyway, so you don't really need a map and compass. Not old school, <laughs> is, is, is this, GPS. Is,
1: is this what they're giving to nods these days? Is it? iPhone 11, as soon as they, as soon as they join training, like, yeah, just use this last.
0: <laughs> Pretty much just giving them a GPS, I think. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get a little bit of background on you, mate. So where did you grow up?
1: Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So I was actually born in, uh, Zimbabwe uh back in uh, many moons ago so i'm 39 so that was 1982 uh grew up in south africa till i was seven eight nine something like that i can't remember too much uh, my parents moved over to the uk obviously to to give me a better life um and then we bounced around the uk north wales uh all over the shop mate until finally we kind of stopped in a place called osa street i don't know if you ever heard of it uh it's about a 20-minute drive uh, north of Shrewsbury. Went to school. Uh, happy days. Didn't do very well at school, obviously. Um, and then uh, what was the what was the plan? It was always to just join the corps. And then I joined the corps, and, and the rest of they say is is history. So yeah, I, I was I was very nomadic as a kid, you might say.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. And what was your influence in in joining the corps? I always ask people this, and they give lots of different answers.
1: Uh, all right. Yeah. So basically, I. I I didn't really know what I wanted to to be when I was growing up I don't think many kids do it's I think there's a lot of pressure to when you're like 14 to be like what are you doing for the rest of your life Um, and I didn't have a clue I wasn't the most academic kid I love I love PE the most obviously as most bootlegs do you know Um, and then my mum and dad were always like you need to decide I knew college really wasn't for me not because I couldn't get in I probably could have you know got in I could have gone down the whole uni route but I just kind of saw it in my eyes it was a bit of a waste of time because I wasn't interested in, in it. And, uh, I was upstairs and I, I walked downstairs one day and my old man was watching a docu- documentary on the Marines about lads going through training. And, uh, I came downstairs just as they were on the endurance course. And one of these, one of the nods had broken his leg. Uh, not, not like a, an open fracture, but he obviously, he damaged it really badly. It was a broken leg and he cracked on and he, he obviously came way outside the time, failed the endurance course, uh, You know, and I can't remember what happened after that, but I remember watching that as a young lad, thinking, "Fucking hell, these are the sort of guys I want to surround myself with." Do you know what I mean? I know that sounds quite chad, but I I don't want to be, I don't want to just be average. I want to be with these sort of guys who I can call my friends, my work colleagues. And and after watching that, I was like, "Right, I'm going to join the Corps. I need to do this." You know, and uh, and that's the story of how I how I wanted to
0: become a Royal Marine, essentially. Well, that documentary that you're talking about ended up being my training team.
1: Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I bet they were a fun training team. Um, oh,
0: so so much fun.
1: <laughs> no, no fear
0: of God or anything like that going through <laughs> me at all.
1: No, no, never, never. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, it, it's funny how life worked because if I hadn't have walked down stairs to get whatever it was, like a glass of water at that time, who knows how my life would have turned out. So it's, it's, it's pretty random. Maybe I was always destined to join the Corps or maybe I could have ended up, oh, who knows. I, I dread to think.
0: Where where did you uh serve? What units did you serve in? And uh what were kind of like your career highlights before you left? Uh
1: so I passed out of training. Uh I went straight up to uh Kamach or it turned into FPGRM by then. Yeah. Uh I was with O Squadron. Um and it was all right. It wasn't, you know, it was it was, it was, we basically, we were, we were then based at Helensburgh full-time. It wasn't like you were based at Arbroath and then you just went to Helensburgh for the, uh, for going behind the wire. Uh, and I was a bit like, this is, this is a bit gash to be honest. Uh, I need to, I need to do something. And I remember going through training and going down pool, being with the LCs, I was like, this is super Gucci. I need to become an LC. Uh, and so I put my, put my chit in to become an LC at the time, there was a mega long waiting list. It was it was crazy. LC was one of the one of the like the fashionable branch to be in. I put my chit in. Uh, luckily, I got it within I don't know, a year or something. Uh, I went down pool, become an LC, and from there on in, mate, I had a, a great time. Uh, I was very fortunate to uh, be an RIT, so raid an instructional troop down down pool. Uh, I did quite a, a good. I did a couple of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I spent a lot of time at Camach again, basically, but as, as an LC, which was a lot more fun. Uh, I was in uh, Emmerich, so basically I worked alongside SF, but on the boat side of things. So obviously that was a massive career high because you get treated as an adult anyway in the core, but when you're then working there, with that level of sort of like guys, you're treated as a much more honest. Like, right, that's your job. Do it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep looking over your shoulder. Just make sure you do it and you do it well and everyone's happy. And I love my time there. Um yeah, obviously I did the uh I did the liberation of Iraq or invasion, liberation, whatever you want to call it in 03. Again, that was that was quite an experience. Uh yeah, you know, it was I probably had quite a tame time in the core compared to a lot of guys. Um but it was it was it was a great time. But I I probably and I, I, I massively enjoyed my time in the core. But if I'm being completely honest, I had a lot more fun once I went into the private sector. Uh I left, like I said, I left the corner, I went straight out to Iraq on on the biggest contract there was Aegis. And it, it was it was that was more fun for me. I, I got on a lot better. That was a lot, that was a job role, which I which I really enjoyed a lot more. So yeah, the core was good, but when I left it was the right time to leave you know what I mean
0: how long did you end up doing
1: I did pretty much eight years on the dot so you know not it wasn't a bad amount of time it was it was it was fortunate because it was enough time to get a decent resettlement so at the time there was a lot of uh because every bootneck was leaving and they were doing you know cp courses for resettlement I think there was a lot of talk of like we need to try and slow this down uh but fortunately I, I managed to to get in there I did the rowing course out in South Africa which was just at the time was like the gold standard uh and uh that was another a great experience being out there actually you know learning the job and that so and it, it all got paid for so you know it was it was time and the call was well worth that alone
0: yeah i mean you're talking about courses that i kind of had a little flicker in my head about about doing um but i don't know There was just uh, you know you know what it's like when you're a young lad you read all these books about Mm. people going outside and becoming in inverted commas mercenaries and you know that that's (laughs) almost kind of like it's almost kind of like the dream life really isn't it um because you know anybody that really joins the military well they should be thinking that they're going to war Uh, Mm. it's one of my one of my bugbears at the moment but i'm not going to go into that because that's a fucking rabbit hole that we ain't getting out of. (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) uh so you know when you go to do something like that you know the potential is always there to be in firefights to you know there's loads of action and it's kind of almost like that film setting that you have you know portrayed in your head a little bit um but then you know there was just something inside me that decided that you know what i I, I wasn't going to do that Uh, because i know a lot of lads uh, when i was on herrick five when we came back you know they'd seen more than enough firefights to last them Uh a lifetime been in a lot of dodgy situations and you know what you're saying those running courses came up and and the cp courses that were part of resettlement that actually ex next were running and they were running them at Limpston as well you know i think people just decided to bite their hands off pretty much you know like, like uh-huh. what we did which you know should, for some people like yourself you know bit their hand off and did it so you know fair play to you and it's opened a whole yeah. new world to you now as well
1: yeah, you know what, though, I, you know, one of the reasons I did decide to to leave as well, obviously, it was it was my time to leave. Uh, I had like a, an up and down career anyway. Uh, I wasn't ever a yes man. Uh, I did speak my mind. And that sometimes doesn't go down very well. But the other re- one of the other reasons I did leave was because I was I was terrible with money. Uh, I, I was <laughs> really, really bad with money. And I, I found myself in, in a, quite a fair bit of debt. Um, and, and I also had to look at it from a long-term point of view and I was like no matter what I do in the in in the core right now or uh, promotion w- whatever I decide to do this is going to take an awful long time to dig myself out of this right now on, on this current wage structure so that was another reason why I was like and obviously when when you're talking to lads who have already gone outside and they're saying mate I'm on this per day I'm earning this per month and you're like you do the maths and I was like all right I could get myself out of debt pretty quick here if I do this and it you know And I decided that was, that was the right move for me. Um, yeah. And what can I say that the the issue being is, I don't know if it's like what it's like now is, is when you do go into that world, I went into that world and I said, right, I'm going to do two years max. And then I'm getting out, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to earn my money. I'm going to pay up a debt. I'm going to earn my money. And I'm going to get going into something else. And obviously it doesn't work out that way. You, you do become addicted to the money. You get addicted to the lifestyle. Um, and you just, it's that constant, like one more rotation, one more. If I did one more rotation, I'm I? oh, right. Yeah, I'll do one more. I've got Christmas off. Well, I might as well work this and then get Christmas off and, and all that. And and very quickly, you get sucked into like, that is your, that is your life. And that's all. And, and with that as well, without going off on it, you know, you become accustomed to better things in life. So all of a sudden, you know, you in a core, like I couldn't even drive in a core, but I, I, I wanted, I wanted to, to get a car and, and obviously get my driving license, and I was looking at Peugeot, you know, 306s or something, all of a sudden, lads are earning a lot more money on the circuit, and they're not buying those anymore. They're buying Audi TTs, they're buying Audi A5s, and and it's like, you don't, yes, you need to to reward yourself almost uh, for the hard work you're doing, and it can get taken away in a heartbeat, but also, you get accustomed to that lifestyle, so you're going on business flights instead of just economy flights, you're buying five six thousand pound watches when it's like yeah you don't you and i'm guilty of it don't get me wrong I was, i'm guilty of it but you probably you don't need that shit. uh but because you're in that lifestyle so you don't want to give it up either so you keep doing another rotation another rotation and it's it's hard to get out you know
0: did you manage to get out before the ass fell out of it and people started to get really seen off
1: um yes and no really uh Obviously, the money did drop once once the once the, the US pulled out. So basically what I what, what I was on was that Project Matrix was DOD, was Corps of Engineers with the Yanks, brilliant wage, monthly wage. So it was, it was salaried. As soon as that finished, everything kind of went over to the oil and gas industry. And at first it was still very good wages. It was it was great. And then they soon realized that all these companies were just undercutting each other. And who were the ones who were going to suffer? It was the lads. And because obviously you still got. An abundance of lads who are leaving the military, going. Well, these guys will be happy to do it for two hundred dollars a day. We don't need to pay this guy two hundred fifty because one, we don't really need his experience anymore because oil and gas is you can put a monkey in that job and he can do it. And that's no offense to lads doing it now, but it's true. You are a you're a you're a glorified you know chauffeur essentially. You you take clients here, there, and everywhere. The security aspect is very much left. So they just kept saying, right, we can drop the wages. We can drop the wages. So. I was very fortunate. I was still on okay money when I left. But again, that was a massive factor to like, I'm spending nine months. It's, and it's a lot harder to be spending your time away from home. If you're only earning $200 a day, as opposed to when you're earning $450 a day, it's justified when you're earning good money. Cause that's, that's helping build your future. All of a sudden, when you're not earning that great of money, and remember you're doing two months, one month off. So you've got to, it's not just, Oh, eight weeks. I've earned this much. No, you've got to, you've got to take your salary and stretch it over 12 weeks and it, all of a sudden, it doesn't look as good then. So, um, I, I was I was pretty lucky to get out when I did, to be honest.
0: Well, uh, talking about highlights from the military, were there any sort of highlights that you took away from uh, doing this circuit for for so many years?
1: Um,
0: there must have been some good trips that you went on.
1: What on the uh, on the circuit?
0: On the circuit, yeah.
1: Yeah. Did. Well, you know, I spent I spent a lot of my time in Iraq. Uh, and I loved it, to be honest. I can't, nothing stands out. Uh, I, was very, I was very fortunate to be part of a team. We were, we were set five uh, based in baggers. And I was very lucky to be in a team which was mainly bootnecks and paras. So as you can imagine, it was just constant sh- shit talking, giving each other shit. And it was, it was an amazing experience. And, but part of that was when we, we always got tasked with the shittiest jobs, you know, when you're going to places like a triangle of jet, a triangle of death, It's because you're good, your team is on the ball. So I just, there's no real highlights as in like we got to go places. That's definitely afterwards when I was doing sort of like ultra high net worth clients. When I was doing uh, proper CP out there, it was just the lads, it was being with the lads. It was going on these shitty jobs and coming back, knowing that you did your job really well. Um, And I I loved it, mate. And you know, uh, my miss has always said, uh, has always said like, oh, you know, you always speak very funny at that time and I do. And she's like, is that bravado? You know, everybody still wants to, you see the movies, lads putting their chest rigs on, they're, they're heading out. And you're like, oh yeah, I used to do that. It's not a bravado thing for me. It's like, I genuinely enjoyed that shit. Does that mean I want to do it now? Not really. I'm 39 years old, couple of dodgy knees. I don't think that would work terribly well. But man, I, I really, I loved those times. I thought they were brilliant. Uh, the whole thing was a highlight. Obviously we had our ups and we had, our, we had our, our down days as well. But generally that experience, man, the lads I worked with, I, I loved it, dude.
0: So during that time, is that when you kind of started developing the ideas for you know the nomadic veteran and and the coffee company as well? Because you also own the Greenberry Coffee Company. So th- was that something you were kind of like thinking about as you were coming to the tail end of that, or was it after you'd finished and you know you wanted to do something different?
1: Yeah, no, it was it was definitely coming towards the tail end. Like I say, the first few years of of being in the CP world, I was. As materialistic as as they come, I was I was into it all, um, and I, I don't say that you know proudly. I, if I, I look back on that 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 time of Ross McDonough and think, God, some of the things I said, I would slap him. It was just it was ridiculous, you know. Uh, my ego was was through the roof, and it, you know, and I, it's something I'm i probably quite ashamed of right now. Um, but as as we do self development, as we as we grow as humans, and then like I said. Uh as that time came to an end, me and my wife were looking for something alternative. Uh and uh, you know, and, and one day we will settle down, and and but I don't think it'll ever be a conventional lifestyle. We did want to travel, we want to see the world. Um, we want to do it on our terms, we want to create a lifestyle that, that makes us happy and that we can we can afford. So, yeah, nomadic veteran was was at the forefront, and obviously come with come with that is you have to earn money, you know, there has to be an income. Um and uh, for my birthday, in fact, uh, a few years back back in 20, 2016, Mrs, I said, oh, I really want to get into coffee. Like, you know, and she got me like a, a cafeteria. She got me some nice coffee. She got me a grinder and she got me this this massive book on coffee and I loved it. And uh, it, was, it was my wife's idea. And she went, you should do like a, a coffee company one day. And I was like, you know, laughed it off. And it was like, yeah, whatever. And then uh, I was still in security. Didn't give it a second thought. And then, uh, I was on that ultra high net worth client, uh, on that contract. And the day before I was due to go back, I got a message saying, look, appreciate, appreciate the hard work over the last uh, six months, but we don't need you for the, for the winter time. And it, it just, it was that all saying there's no security in security. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, brilliant. Um, what do we do now? But because I've been so busy constantly with like working and, and, and other bits and pieces, I never had the time to sit down and actually look into it and then obviously that gave me the opportunity to then do my research and it's like how can we get this up and running how you know what what a time to to get this started and uh did the research uh again i can't take i think it was my wife again you come up with green beret coffee company you know it's the it's the excellence you know you're proud of your time in the core and that and i was like yeah and then we just it just started going from there mate and it's been something we've been working on ever since and it, it goes it goes hand in hand with the nomadic veteran because we're a coffee company, which, you know, we're not, we, we want, our, our tagline is fueling the adventurous, no matter, no matter what your adventure is, whether it's a weekend away or whether it's climbing Everest, man, we need to get people out there. It's not this materialistic uh, rubbish. That is about buying Gucci watches. It's about experiences over things. And that's something we're trying to push up with our coffee is like, look, we're quality premium coffee, but take it out on the ground with you, get it out, go, Go climbing, go hiking, do whatever, you know, take it down the beach man after a surf or and whatnot, get out and, and enjoy life and it, it's all about experiences for us, and that's what we're trying to push. Create a community about that
0: well it's delicious i mean I, I've bought quite Thank a you. few quite a few you have um things off you and and I've recommended it to to quite a few people, and I've always it's really difficult British people are terrible with feedback, they never give you any feedback. But, uh, <laughs> You yeah. probably you find that too, but um, yeah, the feedback I get from people I'm like, oh, how did you find that? Like, yeah, they've bought you know one, two, three kilo packs, and you know they they um <coughs> they they keep coming back. Hence, well, I haven't got a uh I haven't got a mug, but I don't know if you can see it. I can, is it invi- a blue and is it a blue spotted mug? It is. It's an invisible mug that's got your coffee. And my missus actually got it for me for uh for Father's Day, which uh, the the nomadic veteran blend do you know what we'll do
1: oh well what a blend straight away but you know what i'll do well uh i will i will send you a mug and from now on you can enjoy your nomadic veteran blend (laughs) in a green beret coffee mug how's that
0: Well, i appreciate that is that super no
1: we appreciate you uh you 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 know you supporting us dude uh it means the world to us to be honest and you know the one thing i'll say is we have it. we're not the biggest coffee company but what we have managed to to create is a real loyal following with people who are like wow We love what you stand for we love your coffee and 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 that means the world to us to be honest we've created a really great like-minded community so yeah man we we're really we're really pleased with it
0: well let me ask you a question this might seem a little bit controversial so there is kind of like a stigma is it a stigma i don't know there are quite a few people that veterans that come out and they they start up coffee companies or they (laughs) they start something like that and i know you're laughing because you know you know what i'm talking about is there is there kind of a stigma behind that is it like and i don't want to sound this like um detrimental to you but do you think that it's kind of like an easier easy thing to people to get into but then as you're going along like you've been going now for quite a few years Mm -hmm. it's it's quite difficult to maintain that forward drive with it too yeah absolutely i think
1: i think um I think it's one of those things, right, where before you get into it, you'll always think you can do it better. you know I've always said to 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 do well, you've either got to be the first or you've got to be the best ultimately when when you know in in most industries, and I think what a lot of lads do is they look at what's going on, they go, right, I can do that better. I'm a funny guy on Instagram, I can do hilarious posts, and people will buy my coffee or or whatever.
0: Yeah, and and I get shit for that because I try and do funny posts and my missus hates it. <laughs> oh, really? I mean your
1: posts are funny. I love them. Um yeah, so the, the, the one thing I'll say, right, is a lot of people always ask me, oh, you must hate the guys and, and women if they start coffee companies up. And it's like, dude, I don't hate them. I don't I don't one, I don't, I don't look at what they're doing because I'm not interested in what they're doing. I'm I'm more concentrated on what we're doing. Uh and two, I don't hate them because the world is a really tough place, and I I understand that they're just trying to make a living. They don't want to go to a job they fucking hate. They, all they're trying to do is create is create an income to provide for their family, to create a lifestyle which they're happy with. So they wake up in the morning and they're happy. So I don't hate them. I just wish maybe people should do a little bit more market research. If you if you actually took the time did a bit of market research into it and went, wow, that industry might be a little bit saturated it's gonna be really hard for me to break in one to break into and then two like you said to maintain any type of momentum that's all we're asking you know not that's not all i'm asking i'm just that's all i'm saying should i say um it is a tough industry that being said there are quite a few coffee companies out there but even if only veterans bought it there's only there's over four million veterans in the uk alone there's enough business for everyone so there's no reason to be to be salty towards each other um but that being said, I don't think there's need for any more coffee companies to to appear on the on the scene. But I I haven't got any ill will towards people starting coffee companies, apparel. To, you know, dude, we're all trying to make it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is hard to to maintain it. That's 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 a fair point. Um, yeah, I think I think you nailed it. it. It is. Yeah, nothing more to say on that really.
0: I, th- I think with a lot of things like that, you know, whether it's coffee or whether it's, you know, and and I know you started to get into a little bit of merch, you know, T-shirts and hoodies, and you've got your mugs and your stickers and stuff like that. Having those sort of things it is a really hard business to maintain because you need to be at the forefront of everything all the time. And if your mm. brand name isn't getting out there, then mm. you're not going to sell anything. So you know having that presence and all constantly thinking of innovative ways to to push that i think sometimes people are very black and white especially military people Mm. i know we're always taught to try and think outside the box but i think sometimes that box is lead lined and it's really difficult to get out of the the mainstream lines that you think it should go where you should go oh do you know what let's go and throw it into i don't know um a, a vi- just because we're talking about vegans, a vegan festival. Yeah, let's yeah. go and promote it there, or let's go and do it. I don't know. Our kids' birthday party, or you don't. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there, but you see where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah. Um. What What, what was the, What was the What was the first bit of that ad? Sorry, mate.
0: I can't remember. That I'd have to rewind it. <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, dude. I was I was listening to you, and I was like, "God, he's made a really great point there." And then I, I carried on listening to you. Yeah, thinking outside the box, um, oh, sorry, yeah, that was it. So the, the one thing I'd say there was, uh, you you know, the old saying goes again, you can have the greatest product in the world, but if no one knows about it, you ain't going to sell anything. Um, and I remember speaking to a guy years and years ago before I, you know, before we had the coffee company, and he said, and he worked for a car dealership, I can't remember, it was in Shrewsbury somewhere, and he said every single day they're having to be on the radio, they're having to be on social media because he said if for a couple of days you don't post or you're not putting your name out there, people have got really short memories and they will soon forget to go to you to buy their car. And I was like, for some reason it stuck in my mind when he said that. And it's so true. You know, I've, I've gone times where we haven't posted on social media or we haven't put a newsletter out for, for a number of days or even weeks. And all of a sudden you can see that it's like, well, people are forgetting about us. You've got to, got to remain consistent. And it, and that's, I guess that's that's a piece of advice I would give to anyone who in any walk of of life really is like consistency. You've got to do it, and I'm I'm as guilty as anyone. Where sometimes I, I take my foot off the pedal for one reason or another. Uh, but yeah, consistency is and and like you said, thinking outside the box. I think being military sometimes you are very sort of like narrow minded with because you're in a foreign world with entrepreneurship with running a business. But with that comes sometimes military guys can think so far out the box and do something completely wacky and crazy that it's it's absolutely genius so it probably just comes down to the individual ultimately and their, their creativity
0: yeah i mean that's kind of what i'm finding at the moment you know and and starting this podcast was probably really good for me i think uh-huh. I, I mean one of the main reasons i really started doing it was because there were people like you out there that have got really cool stories are doing some really amazing things but and i'm not saying this in a, in, in a bad way but you know a lot of people don't really know about it so i i'd like to use this platform to try and you know push a little bit more um you know content out not just for those people but also Mm -hmm. to tell those people stories i mean i've got i've had some people on the on the podcast that you know are absolute legends Mm -hmm. Uh, they would never write a book then don't really boast about it and all their stories and stuff are, are just going to go to their grave, and I think yeah. there's something really, really sad about that. And I, I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. I'm sounding quite fucking high up on the pedestal here, but I don't mean it in that way. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you, dude. I think,
1: I think it's amazing, you know, that there are so many people out there with, with who lead, who, who do extraordinary things because. It's inspiring to other people. You hear it all the time when why did you why did you get into that certain thing? Because I watched this guy on YouTube or I, I heard a story about this guy doing it and it inspires them. And I think if if people like you weren't hosting a podcast, or and I'm not trying to be, you know, self-promoted, but people like me weren't putting it on YouTube saying, Look, you can still travel. There might be a pandemic and it might be, you know, whatever your thoughts on it, you can still travel. Life doesn't stop. You can still do this. If that wasn't out there on in social media world, people wouldn't do it and they wouldn't know and they wouldn't have dreams and aspirations. So I think what you're doing, dude, is, is, is fantastic, to be honest
0: and i think having a platform you know everybody kind of like talks down social media like facebook and instagram and youtube as being like quite detrimental but it's also quite a positive thing because you know gone are the days where like for instance you know 10 15 years ago if you started a coffee company you would have to pay to put your advertisements in magazines Mm. in newspapers maybe the local like advertisement on the tv or something to actually get your name out there where now you've got a platform or platforms where you can do it on your own and it's free you just have to put a little bit of time a little bit of effort into it to make it different to everybody else uh-huh. to make you an individual and i think that's kind of cool about this too
1: yeah absolutely dude i think it, like you said it comes down like all oh, like we talked about before consistency you know it it like i don't know what your numbers were for your first podcast or your second podcast or your third podcast but you could have been really disheartened and be like, "Well, only four people listen to this podcast. That's it. It's not going to work. I'm just going to sack it off, and it's it's a waste of time." There comes that consistency and that that ten- ten- tenacity as well, you know, which comes from I think a lot of. I'm always going to sort of like have a soft spot for Bootnecks, but I think Bootnecks have got that that tenacity where you go, "All right, it's not going my way yet, but if I just stick with it, it's going it's gonna come that way." Um, yeah. And, 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 and social media, dude, I think, I think social media is brilliant. Obviously it's got its downsides as we all know. Uh, but if, if you've got a healthy mental relationship with social media and, and you know how to use it properly, I think it's brilliant. And like you say, it's free advertising. What's not to like about it, you know?
0: We're talking a little bit like that. I'd really love to pick your brain about, so I know you've been traveling for the last couple of years and you've been, you know, editing YouTube videos and, and even working remotely how have you found all of that? Because that must've been quite difficult. And here's another question delving a little bit deeper. A second on. one is, you know, how have you been able to do that, you know, with your kit and equipment? Cause I know you, I'm talking a lot here, but I tell you what, let's <laughs> start with the first question. How How have you first started doing the YouTube channel managed to do that while you're, while you're driving around?
1: Um, so basically, yeah, you know, doing youtube at first was was really difficult it's quite an alien thing to to pick up a camera and to point it at yourself and to talk um and when you first start it, you're really robotic as well you're like you know you you almost you almost got like a bit of a persona because you're trying to put something across because you you know you're opening yourself up um but the more you do it the, the better you become uh and then editing when i first started editing dude Geez, it would take me a full day at least to to put a video together, mate. (laughs) You know, it it was it was. We always said we wanted to release videos on a Sunday when we started, so we would. I'd wake up early Sunday morning, and straight away I'd be like, right, I'm editing. Uh, My missus would be, you know, just lashing me up with coffees all day, and it would it would literally take all day. And even then, it might not be ready. I'd have to go on a Tuesday on the Monday. Sorry, so it's just, yeah, it. I think the secret for me, mate, is I love it. Like I, I, and that's definitely something I've, I've I've moved into with in terms of YouTube now is vlogging. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right at vlogging. I'm you know I'm, I'm myself now, whereas if you went back and watched the very first one, I'm not saying that wasn't me, but I was a little bit more like you know, robotic uh, and even probably a monotone voice dare, dare I say. It. Um, but but now I'm trying to definitely move into like I want to t- create almost like little films, little movies with a, with a positive message. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm going into where I'm like, well, I don't need to be in this as much. I just, I want to, I want to tell a story. Uh, and because now I'm a lot more creative in my editing and I love it. It genuinely, you get that creator. I don't know if you ever get this ads, you get like a creator's high when you, when you've done a, a piece of work and afterwards you're like, you're really proud of it. And to get that piece of work, you've gone up and down. You're like, I can't do this. I'm shit. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, I can do this. It's brilliant. And I, I go through that every time I edit and then i get to the end and I'm like, yeah, I, I really love this. And then you put it out there. And that's where, again, we're talking about social media to, to be on YouTube, you literally have to not give any fucks about how many times your video is going to be viewed. Um, and that's taken me a long time to kind of get to that stage. I went to a really, excuse me, a really, a really rough stage where I was putting my heart and soul into videos and I would get, you know, uh, and for me, I would get maybe like a few hundred views and and, and I'd be really disappointed. I'd be like, but I've spent seven hours editing this. Like, why can't people appreciate this? This is a good video. And it, and it would put me in a bad mood. And then obviously as a consequence, the next day, me and my missus would be like, she'd be like, Russ, you got to snap out. We're like, oh, you know, I, I'll be threaders And it. But then I've, I've slowly realized how to, how to deal with it. But like, look, you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for yourself. If you help a couple of hundred people or you, you make their day better by watching your video, then man it's awesome and now you know if a video does well brilliant if it doesn't eh, you know what it's great memories for me and my missus to watch back in 20 years time when you know i would say gray but you know when i'm a bit more bald and and a bit more old but yeah it's it's yeah i don't know if that answers your question or not
0: yeah it does yeah and uh i I went through that stage as well like you say the first few episodes i went out i was like why is why is no one listening to this it's amazing yeah yeah but that again what i said at the very start perceptions it's your perception and Mm. i didn't know how to advertise or you know little tricks how to push um Mm. push your episodes or you know your youtube videos which you learn as you go (laughs) along but also i found i was being very much sucked and absorbed into my phone and into my computer, and it was yeah. taking over my. It was taking over my mind space, and I think it took a good couple of months before it just started to flow a little bit more. And I do you, think we, do you, yeah, go on.
1: sorry, do, do you find do you listen back to your earlier podcasts, and do you sometimes go because at the time obviously you were really happy, you were like, this stuff's amazing. Why is no one listening to this? Do you listen back to them and go god i was i was terrible like i like do you not do that then i, I tell I you when I,
0: I when i very first started and i started editing because obviously i'm listening to myself i used to hate listening to my own voice voice because i'm from the midlands i'm a plastic brummy you know from south of the <laughs> m42 yeah. yeah i i do have those very dulcet tones sometimes being a PTI hmm. you know I've learnt my <laughs> yeah. voice here and there. you know I've learned that over when time when it's needed yeah when it's needed yeah so uh, and yes it it was quite difficult to start with but then like you said once you get into it and you just start putting it out there it's not really about how many people listen to it mm. you've got content that's out in the ether not just <clears throat> not just you know around your local area it's it's mm. fucking global you know yeah you've, you've got your youtube video anyone can watch that you know even if they search nomadic it's gonna come up with you somewhere in that yeah. search engine somewhere so yeah it it, it it was it was quite difficult but like you say you just kind of get used to it and now i don't even look at my figures i do you know what right i, I really i had a month and a half off and i just released it, tomo's podcast um, uh-huh. on monday this week so this is going to be coming out in probably about a month and a half time so this is a little bit late however i did go back and start doing that again like looking at my podcast stats oh, i needs to be at least up to such such and uh-huh. such people downloads and stuff and i'm like do you know what, what why what does it matter it has no has no financial reward i don't get paid for this i'm i'm doing mm-hmm. it off my own back because i enjoy doing it and talk enjoy talking to people like yourself so you know there's no financial reward to it so why does it matter whether i get one person to listen to mm-hmm. it or fucking 50 million people listen to it, mm-hmm. it makes no difference whatsoever
1: yeah man and, and like you say even if it is just one person you, you could have just changed their whole fucking day. They could have been having the worst day ever. And then, you know what, they, they, they put on the grumpy surfer podcast and it makes them happy. And it's like, brilliant, you know? And, and so I, like I say, for I, I, my, my piece of advice to anyone doing podcasts and, and, and YouTube or whatever is, is don't get, don't get sucked into the, the downloads, the views, the thumbs up, the thumbs down, any negative comments it's very easy to get, and, and as boot you know, we're pretty thick skinned. But there's been a couple of comments on on certain videos of mine where I've it's kind of got to me, and I've been like, "Motherfucker," uh, <laughs> you know. But you've just got to let it. You've got to just let it, sort of like you know, flow over you. But yeah, just thick skin, I guess you need, and and just re, and remember why you're doing it.
0: I'm waiting for the stalkers. I am. I, I want. I want. I want some stalkers.
1: <laughs> fair one dude well to be honest i'm still waiting for mine uh I, well I, you I, don't I, stay well,
0: still for very long so you know you, you kind of like stuck in that situation where unless someone's got a is a multi-millionaire and is flying around the world following you then you know in that case really if they're, a, they're a
1: multi-millionaire then i'll tell them where i am and they can come here and they might they might be able to sort me out so yeah I'll drop a bag uh, of a cash point. on your doorstep <laughs> yeah it's like love what you're doing there you go here's some cash uh yeah what
0: sort of uh, what sort of kit and equipment were you using i mean i know you did uh again this is what i was kind of blabbering on about earlier uh mm-hmm. you did a, a a youtube video a while back with like your camera and all that sort of thing but you know putting content out into the ether eye into the internet were you using like dongles um you know what sort nah, of Nah, dude i using? was
1: i was literally using my phone signal uh oh, really
0: oh man that must yeah. have absolutely caned it yeah well
1: yeah dude. so luckily um I was on three at the time um, in Europe, uh, and the reason I went with three, right, because before you started traveling, I I, I I was with O2, and three had a really good offer, on. they said unlimited, and I was like, well, that's what we need for traveling around Europe. Uh turns out when you're in Europe, it's not unlimited, it's, it's 20 gig. So um, you'd, we would fly through this 20 gig really quick, but then luckily or unluckily, they also did what's called a data passport. Uh, and it was £5 a day, and you could literally use as much as you want. So what we'd do is, when it came to upload day, we'd buy a data passport for £5, and then we would just, like, beast it. And we would upload as much as we could. We would download anything we wanted to, listen to podcasts or music or whatever. And then that would do us until the next, like, data passport day. So it did it did cost us more money. Um, but it was like, you know what, it, it just had to be done. And, and again, like you said before, Doing YouTube, obviously doing YouTube, we're, we're trying to spread a message. Uh, we're also creating memories for ourselves because even now we we watch our old videos back and uh <coughs> excuse me. We watch our old videos back, and it's great to watch it. You know, it's one thing to have photos of, of these places you've been, but to actually have video, it's it, it's really great. Um so it's great memories for us, but ov- obviously we would. We would love to crack YouTube. We would love to be like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of like Eamon and Beck. They're a couple of van lifers, mate. And they've got like a million subscribers and they get 600,000 views and they're, they're, they're doing really well. And, and part of their success is they're doing well financially now. So obviously we would love to do well financially, but this is always just majority of the time being, we want to create memories. And, you know, we went out there and we bought the kit like you were talking about before. You know, we, we bought the good camera. We've got the microphone. We've got the drone. Every YouTuber's got a drone these days. To be fair, uh, and it's it's just it's it's about making memories for us. But yeah, the internet has, has probably cost us a fair bit uploading stuff ever since we started.
0: Yeah, it can almost be like a an endless pit, and I'm very guilty of comparisons of bitch. I think you know mm. you're talking about those people that have got you know a million mm. subscribers or whatever. Uh, and again, you know, when we were talking about. When I first started the podcast I'd always try and compare I would always compare myself to other people so there are mm. two of the podcasts surfing podcasts in the UK you've got um, the UK surf show and the mindless not, not mindless surfer the mindful surfer podcast mm. I'd always compare myself to them you know how much money were they spending on media how much were they spending on sponsorship or you know promoting it I uh-huh. spent nothing i'm literally like doing this i've got my podcast host i bought my you know microphones and stuff and, and uh-huh. now i'm editing it and i know like they've got editors and there's some wealth <laughs> guys that have got like um producers and stuff and i'm like i'm nowhere near that level I yeah. the intro put my content out there put it there so i was always doing that and it and it can almost you know when we're talking about you get bogged down in it all you're not really doing it for that i don't think and yeah i found i found that quite difficult on top <laughs> of everything else you know your family and this and that and this is more like of yeah, i mean let's be honest it's more of a hobby than anything
1: yeah man it's I, th- I think you nailed it there as soon as you start comparing to others you're on a slippery slope you know what, what's the saying compare and despair you know and you never compare yourself to other people who have just started Well, you never compare yourself to you know other amateurs you're always comparing yourself to like even with you know talk about surfing or jiu-jitsu or or anything as an amateur you'll always compare yourself to like the world champion like oh you know of course you do shit he's a world champion you're an amateur and and that's exactly the same as you know when it comes to youtube or podcasts i wouldn't go and look at another person who's just started youtube be like well they got 20 views and i only got 10 well you know i'd go and compare myself to youtubers who have been doing it for like 10 years and be like why am i not getting those numbers because they've been doing it for 10 years and they're better than you know their editing's better and they know what how to vlog properly so I, that comparison mate it's as soon as you start doing that I think it sucks the fun out of it and then as soon as it starts sucking the fun out of it you don't want to do it anymore or if you do do it it's it's rubbish because people can tell that you're not being genuine you're not being authentic and you're not you're not having fun and then it just rolls into your views of shit because people can tell
0: how are you finding your downtime at the moment so you, you've uh you've taken three months to in an airbnb you know it must be quite nice to have some amenities back again
1: dude you wouldn't believe it uh <laughs> fucking hell. i spend more time in the shower than anyone else in this uh airbnb um it's great mate and uh, you know living in a van is is like being in an op but for months on end uh you've got very limited space uh with another human being. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're married, so we love each other, but that's not to say sometimes I'm like, Jesus Christ, can you not move? Uh, you know, and vice versa as well. Um, it's, it's, it's hard work and you need a lot of patience and, and it makes you appreciate. And again, this sounds really, really cheesy, but it makes you appreciate running water. Uh, it makes you appreciate having a washing machine again. It makes you appreciate so many little things that being in this Airbnb mate, is just the fact that I can swing my arms out and I'm like, I'm not hitting anything is fantastic. Um, in terms of downtime, we, you know what, and this is this is probably quite terrible to say, is we haven't really explored Tbilisi because we are trying to maximise our time in this Airbnb to get work done. So even, you know, and a lot of people might say, well, why can you not get work done in a, in a van? You can absolutely, but because there's no structure to your day most days, because we are traveling, you also have to source water. You have to get rid of your black waste. You go to different shops all the time, and there's there's, there's difficulties about. Can you fit the van in? Uh, You're trying to find laundrettes. Are the laundrettes closed? Are they busy? Can you fit your van near to the laundrettes to carry all your dirty washing? It just sucks the time out of the day. So, the, the beauty of the Airbnb is we've got a nice little routine. We've got we don't have to worry about finding water, doing the washing we can work. Uh, like I say, it's a bit bad because we haven't explored Tbilisi as much as we should have yet, but we've still got time. Um, but we do have dying time. Obviously, we have Netflix time, uh, which is great. But yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing here, mate, and, and trying to get work. Because ultimately, to fund our lifestyle, we need to bring in an income as well. Otherwise, the, the dream is over as such.
0: Those Georgians are motherfuckers on the mats as well. Are you getting yourself down to any of the Jiu-Jitsu or mm. uh, Judo academies?
1: Uh, mate, that was that was one of the reasons we chose Tbilisi. Like for anyone who doesn't know, when you come into Georgia, you get a, uh, a year's visa um, instead of like a lot of places like three months and then you, you can't really settle. So the reason we chose Tbilisi is they've got a really good Jiu-Jitsu club here called Legion. Uh, and the plan was get here, right. throw myself into it. Unfortunately, I've, I've had a bit of a chest infection this pretty much the whole time here. Uh, and... With the current state of affairs that the world is going through at the moment, even though I know that it's not anything worse than that, it's not the Rona, it is a chest infection. I don't want to sort of go down there because for people, you know, in a heightened state of what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to uh, alertness. alertness, should I say? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's just a case of I haven't been able to do much as in terms of fizz or or get myself on the mat, which is kind of annoying because, like I said, we chose this place my miss is really really great she went look to has got a really good jiu club let's go there for you because she knows we haven't been able to surf in turkey we've not been able to surf in greece so she she did me a solid and my way of returning the favor was was getting ill so um yeah <laughs> i've got
0: she's, I bet she loves that.
1: yeah she's like god damn you um yeah so it's it's hopefully in the next week or so i'll be able to crack it thank you Gibbon.
0: so so here's the the timeless question where are you going and what is the end game
1: oh mate if i if i knew that geez um so the the issue we've got at the moment is we can't really head any more further east now um turkmenistan is uh essentially closed so we 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 can't get there to cuz the the plan was to to travel the world we really wanted to get to india um and then from india i really wanted to get to indo um but with Turkmenistan for being reasons. for obvious reasons, you know uh with with Turkmenistan being closed, uh being the first hurdle, never mind further on as you get to china and the, the, the you know the struggles you'll have there, we've got Armenia, which we could do uh we could stay in Georgia, we've got like another eleven months left if we want to. uh the winters here can be quite brutal. I'm not sure we quite want to do that in a van um and we're also getting to that stage now where we're kind of like, we love being nomadic but we're also thinking it'd be really great to have a, a, a bolt hole somewhere. Like we don't want to get go back into normal suburbia and have a, a, a four-up, uh, whatever that phrase is, a, a normal house, um, but we would like a bolt hole somewhere. So we are looking online and we're like, right, we can't progress East. Let's, let's maybe turn around. Let's look what we've got here. Let's consolidate for a little bit. Uh, and then once things maybe start owning up again, we can jump back in the van. You know, everyone always thinks you've got to do this trip now you, you you're doing it now you've got to get it done now it's like hang on i'm i'm hoping that i'm around for a good 20 30 years longer let's let, this trip has got no time like expiry date on it so let's you know if we need to consolidate for the time being get a nice little bolt hole somewhere then then so be it so we might we might be heading back east for in it relatively soon depending on what we can what we can see what we can find
0: so what happens when you get to indo in china what what, what happens then uh well I did, I did, have you thought that far ahead um uh, we haven't made well you know i always
1: had this dream or not always clearly but uh recent, <laughs> like the last couple of years uh, i always had this this image of getting to win, uh, getting to india india would be a great place to go spiritually wise um you know spending a lot of time there and then going on to indo for obvious reasons and then i'd always had this kind of like hope that we could somehow get to canada Drive down Canada through America and then through South america, obviously mexico uh, Ecuador, all that good stuff um and then maybe we always hoped that we would find somewhere where we just felt like maybe one day we'd just go there and be like, this is home, like we never want to leave, and whether that place was was mexico or or Indo or dare i say it, probably not china uh but 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 India or somewhere then then that was the dream uh, and who knows that might still happen but at the moment I, I just feel like the way the world is kind of going really crazy I I just want to have a like a little safe zone as well a piece of land to to call home as well to, to maybe retreat to if, if things go a little bit on, you know
0: so what are the kind of future plans i know i watched your last youtube video and you mentioned you got a few things in the pipeline and obviously your missus works uh, remotely as well have you got anything that you want to you want to divulge and you know what are you what are you both up to
1: okay so obviously we've got the we've got the coffee company and, and that's going really well uh we're trying to you know the community like i said i bang on about it because, because i'm really i'm really proud of it actually um so we've got the coffee company and the community we've we've managed to forge there. Obviously, we've got the Nomadic Veteran, which, you know, is, is a massive, massive passion project. As we, we touched on before, briefly, the, the podcast, I've just started a podcast. Uh, one which no doubt will maybe ruffle a few feathers, maybe not. I, I'm not sure how it'll be perceived. It's called uh, Those Vegan Veterans Podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's something I'm very excited about because that's something I'm really passionate about. Again, I've got another YouTube Uh, channel in the making I can't really go into too much detail because that would spoil the fun um but it's it's something because I I really genuinely love creating videos now YouTube's a really great place for me to do that uh because I love it like you know like I said I, I enjoy creating these little movies with a positive message or you know putting something out there which which will help people so that's where I'm at um and then uh my wife, Gibbo, yeah, she's she's got some really exciting stuff. She's she's working on illustrations. She's got some really cool shit going down. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's an exciting time for us. Uh, we're, we're really excited, and I just hope it all works out. To be honest, which I'm sure it will.
0: Mate, talking to you and and knowing where you've come from and and where you are now is quite inspirational, I think. And I hope if people listen to this and and listen to your story that you know it might inspire them just to kind of like get away from the rat race a little bit and you know go and do something that they really want to do because i, I i'm i quite internally passionate about people not following the things that they want to do and having to think they have to go to their factory job or something like that uh. because they've got to make ends meet you know they've got this lifestyle that they've got to maintain and the only way they can do it is by doing something that they don't really enjoy doing and and i'm and i'm not about that you know and and i think what you're doing is quite inspiring because you know you're doing what you want to do when you want to do but you're also still earning a living to be able to travel and do those sort of things so i think you know kudos to you mate
1: thank you that 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 means a lot you know i think um i think you know you know without going off on one again i think uh this is the greatest time to be alive. And yet we've never seen mental health at lowest. And I think when you, when you take a step back and you actually look at why is this? Why are people so threaders with their lives at the moment? It's because we've, we've been sold a lie, essentially. We've been sold a lie that you need to be, have the, fast, the, 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 the awesome car. Every three years, get a brand new car. Why? You, it, to, to impress who? Like Most people don't even like care about driving, but they need to have a fancy car yeah uh, just you know they're trying to impress people who you know they are saying goes they don't even like half the time, so I just feel like if people stop buying into the materialistic bullshit of, of what we're getting sold and they actually go, What actually makes me happy? Yeah, you might be earning fifty grand a year, but does that make you happy? No, but if you did a job which you loved and you were earning thirty grand, can you still provide for your family? Can you still chase your dreams? Fucking do that but but people are hesitant to do that, so you know that's something I think you you've nailed it mate. If, if we can you know if if we can spread the message of like of that then i think hopefully one or two people might even might even listen and and and, and go for it
0: mate on that note it's been amazing talking to you and hopefully you Thank know you. when you start moving on in the next 6 months to yeah we can uh, we can do it again and catch up
1: dude that would that would be awesome and i like i said before man it was uh absolute honor that you that you asked me to be on it it's uh, honestly i was made up when you asked i was like ah oh, has he got me on a bite and uh, but it, it turned out to be Jen. So no, nah, mate. I, I loved it. Thank you very much, Ads. I really appreciate it.
0: And where can people find your shit? So the coffee, the the YouTube channel, and all that sort of stuff, where can they find it?
1: All right, all my shit is uh on uh <laughs> <laughs> all my shit. Uh so if you if you are looking for some damn good coffee, I I will say the best coffee around, freshly roasted coffee. Uh, that'll be at Greenberry Coffee Co. on Instagram, Facebook, uh websites uh greenberry Uh, If you are interested in sort of what I'm doing uh, or what we're doing, because the YouTube channel does obviously have my my wife in sporadically. Uh, She's a bit camera shy at the best of times. And my two dogs, Uh, that's at The Nomadic Veteran. And that's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, if you are interested in maybe listening a little bit about uh, a couple of um, ex-military guys who've gone vegan, why, trying to dispel a few myths about the whole veganism thing, uh, we're on instagram and spotify uh those vegan veteran podcast the vegan those vegan veterans podcast jeez i can't remember my own name uh <laughs> as i knew it is uh but yeah you know what give it a listen let us know your thoughts even if you want to you know ask a question about it fire fire a question over and, and we'll be happy to chat
0: and i'll put all of these links into the uh, into the notes as well in the show notes um so people can click on them and go straight to it legend
1: appreciate it dude. Thank you.
0: Russ, it's been amazing talking to you and thank you very much for your time.
1: Geezer, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate. latest dude.
0: And that's it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening.